welcome to Emmaus. If you missed last week's message, want to re-listen, or you're just tuning in, we hope this recording is a blessing to you. As always, you can find out more about Emmaus at peacechurch.cc slash youngadults. Should have uh, cleared my throat before I turn on my gun. Well, hello. Uh, we're going to do worship at the end, end our night in worship. Um, this is our last regular Bible study before the summer, and I just want to give a summer blessing for all of us. Um, or rather, I think Mark 4, God's Word, will be a, a blessing to us for this summer. Uh, I forgot the year. I forgot where I was. I forgot what we were doing. But I remember at some point, my friend Benjamin showed me a song called The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald by Gordon Lightfoot. We would listen to it. We would talk about the lyrics. We would listen to it again. I would research the Fitzgerald, the Wreck of the Fitzgerald like for hours, and then we would play it again and listen to it again and talk more about the lyrics. Um, we did that on more than one occasion. We just loved the song. We loved the story behind it. We kept going back to it. And I texted my friend today uh, because I found out that Gordon Lightfoot, the man who wrote the song, died yesterday. So I texted my friend. I'm going to pull up the texts uh, and just read it. I took pictures of it, but then lost the uh, images. I texted him and I said, dude, the Fitzgerald, Gordon Lightfoot. He texted back and said, what a guy, what a song. <laughs> and I said, did, did you Google him? He died yesterday. And he said in all caps, what? <laughs> dude, I thought we were just in agreement about how he's awesome. And I said, I'm sorry, I tried to break the news slowly, but then you weren't getting it. <laughs> and he said, bro, that's so sad. I got to play it on repeat now. Um, so great song, crazy story. Um, today's Bible study is on a biblical text that I hope will be a great uh, encouragement to us, um, to all of us as we head into the summer months. But it's also about a sea and a storm. And it's about the God who has authority over it all. So let's open our Bibles to the passage. Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So that's why we go to God's word. Please follow along with me as I read through Mark 4, 35 through 41. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in, he, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, And other boats were with him, and the great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So I want to kind of go a chunk of time here. These are the verses I'm mainly be talking about. Do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And he responds by saying, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And their response is to say, to be filled with great fear and say, even the wind and the sea obey him. So the context of this is Jesus just got done preaching. 
He was preaching from a boat. He was on the boat, preaching on the boat. The boat's his pulpit. And the text says that they left in that boat and they left with him just as he was. So he just got done preaching. Then later they, they, later they leave and they sail away. And that's one reason why Jesus was sleeping when the storm came because he just had a full day of preaching from this boat. And he was tired. And then the storm comes. Everyone's freaking out. And there's actually multiple boats. So multiple people are freaking out on multiple boats. And I just wonder, um, like, the people that weren't on the boat with Jesus, if they were like, wake Jesus, like, where's Jesus? <laughs> wake him up. Um, and, but he was asleep in the boat. And I don't know how long it took them to go to Jesus and wake him up, but eventually they, sh- they were all scared. They, they shook Jesus awake and they basically said, don't you care about us? Don't you realize that we are perishing? And it's just fascinating to think, like, how did Jesus respond to that? Don't you realize that we are going to die? Don't you have any urgency for the situation? Don't you have our best interest in mind? And Jesus says, don't you have any faith? Peace, be still. And with those words, he silences the storm. This story is in Scripture for multiple reasons. Number one, it's in Scripture to show us the authority of Jesus. Powerful, obvious. But number two, it's also in Scripture to show us the lack of faith in the disciples. It's a moment of failure for them. Here's how I would describe it. The disciples had great fear for the wrong thing. The disciples feared the storm rather than fearing the Lord. And I know that's one of the point of the, pas- of the passage because how does the story end? It says that they are filled with great fear in response, not because of the storm, but because of the one who can calm the storm. Jesus demonstrates his power and he solves the chaos in two places, one, the storm, and two, the hearts of the men. Verse 41 says they were filled with great fear because of the Lord. The fear of the Lord removes all other fears. The fear of the Lord removes all other fears. Verse 39 says he awoke and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. There's a verse in the Bible that we should all memorize. It's from Psalm 46. Some of you are already there with me. It says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And in essence, that is what Jesus was commanding the wind and the waves to do. Be still and know that I am am God. And in essence, that is what he is commanding us to do as well. For some reason, we see it as a command to the waves, but we see it as advice to us. This is a command of God. Be still and know that I am God. And if you're anything like me, there's a part of me that's a little uncomfortable when I think of that as a command. 
Some of us might be thinking, how could God do that? I can't help the fact that I have anxiety. I can't help the fact that I have depression. I can't help the fact that my heart is racing when it does. How can God expect me to just change my emotions? How can God command me to do something I can't do? How could God do that? How dare he? To which scripture tells us, how dare you question God? One of the first Bible studies I ever taught was on Job 38. Go read Job 38 and then get back with me. How dare we question the one who commands the very wind? God commands us to be still. And that's similar to when he says, do not fear or do not be anxious. What do we do with that command? If you are here, if you love Jesus, if you know that Jesus is Lord, then you are a follower of Jesus. And followers of Jesus follow Jesus. Followers of Jesus follow the commands of Christ. So how do we follow this command? Be still. As the psalm says, be still and know that I am God. So it says no. So it's, it's, it's nice that I think it's very helpful even to, to realize that he's not just saying, hey, change your emotions. He's saying, hey, no. Know that I am God. Um, if you know, I, uh, what's it called? I think cognitive behavioral therapy. I don't know. It's like there's, there's three levels. There's emotions, there's thoughts, there's actions. Like that structure of Um, thinking has changed lives because we might not have control over how we feel and that can really affect uh, what we do but we we can think different we can change how we think no focus on it be still in it a, a literal translation of the phrase be still by the way is stop talking stop talking. Be still. Shut up. (laughs) Quiet the voices in your mind and focus on this fact that he is God and you are not. Be still. Stop talking. Focus on that. No. He is God. I am not. If you focus on that, calm, calm, Shut up all the voices in your head and focus on that truth in Scripture. He is God, I am not. The promise of God is that the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's a promise from the Lord. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and this is the promise, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Focus on that. He is God. I am not. We are soon to be going into the summer months, and I don't know when summer technically starts, but programmatically, what? Jeez. All right, well, programmatically, if that's even a word, just based on the ministry program we have, um, this is when summer starts for us, right? Um, We go into a season where we don't have regular ministry that we're involved in as much. 
Um, we still have Sunday mornings, but our Bible studies come to an end, um, things like that. And a lot calms down, a lot of things calm down, uh, but a lot of other things get more intense. Sometimes our anxiety spikes, our depression spikes, whatever it may be, whatever it is you're afraid of for this summer, and regardless of how bad your summer may go, regardless of what may go wrong this summer, we are being given a command. Be still. So how can we model that? How can we obey that? And that's the, I hope, the fruitfulness of our table discussions is how can we model being still this summer? And be as vulnerable as you feel led, but um, this will only be as helpful as you are honest. So I really um, pray that you guys have fruitful conversations thinking through how can we be still this summer. Um, think about what has helped you in the past to be still and find peace. It'll probably be what helps you be still and find peace now as well. Um, how about we take our anxieties to him? That's the, the, the explicit promise in Philippians 4 is cast your anxieties on him and the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Take our anxieties to him. Um, Another idea is ensure that we have habits that focus us on God and on his word. Get rid of habits that routinely draw your attention away from God and his word. Ensure that you have habits that focus you on God and his word every day, every week. Seek first the kingdom through serving those in your church or your family. I said it when we started, but service changes your life for more than one reason. Let his word and his thoughts get not only the final say, but let his word also be the loudest voice you listen to. Don't let the waves and the wind distract you. Don't let the opinions of others, don't let the frustrations of the day, whatever it may be, don't let it get in the way of your faith and your dependence on Christ. Pray, read your Bible, talk about your Savior, serve your family, serve your community, worship weekly, worship daily. Think through how you can find peace through being still, knowing that God is God and you are not. Here are some group questions to get you started. Um, Do you like being in or on water? I don't. (laughs) I don't like being wet. I like looking at the water. Um, Are you familiar with this passage? Read the passage. What sticks out to you? What questions come up? What does it tell you about Jesus? And then the last two, discuss what lessons this passage has for Christians as we seek to follow Jesus. And lastly, how can we take this passage to heart? How can we apply it like you apply sun lotion? How can we apply it, actually let it affect our lives? Um, How can we take it to heart as we go into our summers? I just have a few words to end with, uh, but I'll do it after we have discussion group and pray, and then we'll end in worship by Jeff and Caleb. Wherever Caleb is. I don't know where Caleb, there he is. (laughs) And then we'll end in worship. So talk amongst yourselves. All right, friends. Uh, Can Jeff and Caleb please come up for the band?
the musical worship. Uh, I, here are my final words. Yes. But <laughs> here, here are some final words for us as we end the night with some musical worship. We're doing four songs tonight, ending on a bang. What? <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. I don't want to interrupt. Was it good? All right, good. Um, so th- my final thoughts are the storm that the disciples... <laughs> Stop laughing at me. <laughs> the storm that the uh, disciples went through and experienced was chaotic. I think chaotic is a great word among others to describe um, that storm that they went through. It was chaotic enough for them to think that they were going to die. It was that intense. And I think many of our trials, many of our hardships, many of our storms um, can also be pretty chaotic. And we can feel like we have no control. And that was something that actually we, that we used that phrase a lot at our table of like, it can, is there an animal up there? Metaphorical storm. So here's, I, I, (laughs) here's my point is that we can also have very chaotic moments and the phrase that we used a lot of like it can feel like it can seem like we have no control and so as just a pastoral pastoral voice in your life you don't have control you actually have control of very little in your life he has authority over the storm and the chaos of the sea in the story. And I think it's good news for us that he also has authority over our chaos, whether outside of us or even in our own hearts. You will never have much control over much at all, and he is in total control. He is God, and you are not. So I pray that this is, um, you see that as a blessing, and I want to leave you with this. Um, may you be responsible over the small amount God has given you control over. And may we all know that Jesus is Lord. May the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Let's end in some worship.